In 2017, Congress passed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which introduced the public to a program called Opportunity Zones. Opportunity Zones are areas in each state that the governor selects, areas that are economically struggling. The idea is that by giving wealthy investors tax breaks when they invest into these low-income areas, it will create further development. Basically, investors who hold stakes in property developed through an Opportunity Zone fund will not have to pay as much taxes on their capital gains. The longer the investment into the property, the less taxes the investor has to pay. There are 85 census tracts designated as Opportunity Zones across the city of Phoenix, ranging from Tempe Town Lake to downtown Glendale. And, by the way, a census tract is a portion of a city that encompasses a few thousand people and breaks up each state county into smaller sections. Anyways, with the inclusion of downtown Scottsdale, for example, it makes one wonder what definition of low income the city was using. According to the Arizona Republic, areas that do not seem low income were selected because the census data used by the city was from 2015. This was a time when Phoenix faced more economic turmoil, and the Arizona Republic report said if the most recent census data had been used to determine the census tracts, some of the current opportunity zones would not qualify. But really, this leaves us with more questions than answers. To really understand what Opportunity Zones are and their potential impact on Phoenix and students, I talked to Mark Stapp, who is the Executive Director of Real Estate Programs here at ASU. We have previously discussed the rising rent many people are paying in Phoenix, which is a factor in the discussion surrounding Opportunity Zones. So they're designated on a census tract basis, and each governor of each state got the chance to select the um, census tracts that would be designated as opportunity zones. And so they're not, um, I wouldn't say that there's a uniformity to the characteristics of these census tracts. In fact, in one of the complaints about the program is some of the census tracts could never be considered as underserved communities. So um, they're all different and the purpose, however, was to in, uh, instill an incentive to invest back in inner city, mostly inner city communities. And one of the things that seemed off was it talked about serving low-income areas, but then you see places like Tempe Town Lake is included in those opportunity zones. So do you have any insight into what the city was looking for in establishing these zones? I think it is simply trying to establish increased motivation for people to develop in areas that communities want development to occur at. And so I think that's all it was, was trying tactically to apply these to areas that the communities strategically wanted to see development occurring. Do you think all those areas need that tax break? No. no. In fact, I don't think any of them arguably need the tax break. You know, there, there may be some where this is really effective because no money would have been focused in that particular neighborhood or that census tract. But I think the vast majority of them um, are, are not providing an incentive for capital that otherwise couldn't have been garnered to begin with. Opportunity zones are meant to provide development to struggling, low-income neighborhoods. But Stapp and other critics of the Opportunity Zones fear that development will lead to gentrification, forcing residents out of those low-income areas because they cannot afford newly developed housing. So, there, there is not a nexus between public cost and public benefit 
This program, I don't think, was focused enough to be overly effective. So one of the things that I think may be an outgrowth of this is the, the unintended consequence of creating significant amounts of investment into underserved communities without the requirement to provide any benefit for those residents and shop owners and um, property owners in those communities and then displacing them because you will drive up property values, you will drive up rents, you will drive out those people that are in the neighborhoods and the communities that you're supposedly benefiting. But without the checks and balances, without the requirement to do these things, there's no guarantee. In fact, there's a high likelihood you're going to create significant displacement if dollars flow to those places that need the investment. Rather than having created a program that required certain criteria to be achieved in exchange for getting those tax benefits. So you could have said, it's an opportunity zone and the tax benefits have to go to affordable housing or have to produce some tangible public benefit that helped the people in the neighborhood that is designated for those dollars to go to. One opportunity zone encompasses most of the downtown area, including the ASU downtown campus. With the university itself contributing to development across the city through a program called Reinvent Phoenix, I wanted to see if there was a possibility that development could improve student life on the downtown campus. Students often complain that the downtown campus lacks the same level of safety as the Tempe campus and that there is not as much to do. And one of the opportunity zones is placed right over downtown Phoenix. Do you think that could lead to any development that could improve student life on the campus? And a, lot, a lot of redevelopment is accretive, meaning if you get multiple projects, and certainly when you're beginning to add employment or you're adding housing opportunities, it creates demand for other kinds of services and those other services that are available to students. The, the trade-off here is that you, you have a focus of new capital being invested in an area like downtown, and you begin developing many projects, and that creates demand um, for uh, users to locate there or create space, and hopefully there is demand. But assuming there is demand, that then causes basic supply and demand problems, and and all this additional demand focus there raises rents. The benefit is you get a lot of things that otherwise wouldn't be there that are amenities and services, and students can certainly take advantage of them. You just have to make sure that you moderate the cost of living there so that students aren't simply intermittent daytime participants, that they can actually continue to live there and be residents of that, that, that downtown environment. At the same time students expressed dissatisfaction with the downtown campus, the city of Phoenix recently described the downtown Phoenix area as going through a renaissance. Stapp explains what this actually means. So I don't know that I would use the word renaissance. I think it's going through um, an, an evol it's part of an evolution of metropolitan Phoenix in general. And part of that evolution is um, development being focused inward again. We've had a downtown, and so the reference to renaissance is that downtown 
is now becoming a attractive, vibrant core to the overall metropolitan area. And that's true. But I don't think it's a renaissance. It's just, it's different. It's a different point in time. It's a different level of intensity. It's a different focus. Uh, but it's significant. And I think it's important to the overall community. But we're an adolescent metropolitan area. So we're very young. We're not fully formed. And therefore, all of those benefits that come from this additional development aren't there yet. One of them just opened, right? So you get the grocery store that opens, the fries grocery store. That's important. That then provides a foundation to support more housing. And so I said before, this is accretive, then another project comes along. And that project produces more demand. Either it's apartments or condos and people live there, which means there's more demand for other kinds of services. And these areas grow in plateaus. You got to get enough demand and built up uh, demand that new uses become feasible. And then when those new uses become feasible, it makes it attractive and you continue to, to build right, until you hit capacity. So we're nowhere near capacity. We're just beginning. And it's not overly dense at the moment. And therefore, you don't have a lot of amenities yet that are concentrated. And I think we have to wait for downtown, just like all other places in the metropolitan area, to continue to mature. But I think we'll get there. I don't think development is going in downtown Phoenix or, or um, in the real Salado area of Tempe because of those opportunities. And, and there may be a marginal amount of money that, would, that has shown up here. But I don't think that they make a difference. This is a trend that was well underway before opportunity zones existed. And I think capital would have continued to flow here regardless. And the reason for that is... They are areas that are attractive to the demand that exists in the marketplace. So as the recession waned and we started to um, grow again, it was a different kind of growth that was the result of a number of factors that were different than when we went into the recession. Millennials moving into the economics, uh, independent economic segment of their life. So they're um, moving out of their houses. They're graduating from school. They're getting jobs. Now, part of the problem is they weren't getting the kinds of jobs they hoped for. Wages were still depressed. And they were putting off forming families longer, having fewer children. And so all of those dynamics begin to come together to change our development pattern. They don't want to live in the suburbs. They want to live in walkable, socially engaging places. They want other kinds of amenities. And so these areas were attractive to them for that reason, and developers recognize that and start to develop there. They want to go where demand um, wants to be. So the, the opportunity zones are or capital that's available, but they should be going in areas where demand wants to be. One of the fears with opportunity zones is that they provide capital to projects that otherwise were not feasible. And you can create development that's not supported in the community itself because you've got not a market supply and demand support for feasibility, but an artificial tax incentive 
that creates feasibility. Opportunity zones are designed on a long-term plan, so whether or not they truly are effective will be unclear for some time. It seems as though either way, Phoenix is going to continue to see heavy development with or without the Opportunity Zones. Luckily, Phoenix is a young city with a lot of space to fill. As more and more construction cranes dot the skyline, downtown Phoenix and other areas will change. This can both help or hurt students as development brings new opportunities and higher rents. So try to get along with your roommate. And for the State Press, I am Balan Overstolz-McNair.